Do you know it's, it's really embarrassing to see yourself on the screen? <laughs> but praise God to, um, to our production team, uh, Steve and, and Sam Ashmore, and thank you, uh, Jason, for putting that short clip together. We, we want to reach our family, uh, even during the week, with short clips like that so that you could remember and also to reach our community around us in the North Shore. So thank you for your contributions. And um, I think I need to get a little bit better in my preaching, <laughs> if that's going to uh, be the case. Um, this week has been a, a difficult week. In, in Nigeria, there was a bomb blast by some people that were intending to harm and at a fish market the bomb went off and 19 people died just this week many casualties in in burma in myanmar there's been a lot of uh, the, the local forces have been burning homes have looted and killed people the numbers are too numerous to mention it's been called an ethnic cleansing people harming others, killing, taking lives. Let's bring it stateside. Parkland, Florida. 17 people dead at a Florida school shooting. What on earth is going on? Our kids go to school and we want them to be safe and learn something. We want our teachers, we have teachers and professors among us too. We want them to be safe as well. What on earth is going on? And we don't know why. But at this time, based on Isaiah 56 verse 7, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. I want us to gather our hearts and pray together. Is that okay? Let's gather our hearts and pray. Father God, Sometimes we do not understand why these acts of evil happen. The people that were killed at the fish market in Nigeria, the people that have been killed in Burma, Myanmar, the people that were killed in Parkland, Florida, and Father, we believe that you are not the author of evil, for you are a good God. But we do recognize that we live in a fallen world. And the evil spirits and the principalities that go against your will are trying to wreak havoc. And at this time, Lord, we pray your comfort over the friends and families of the people killed in Nigeria, Burma, and Parkland, Florida. We pray your peace over those communities. We pray that somehow, Holy Spirit, because you can and because you are the counselor and comforter, that you will begin the healing process. Father, we cannot imagine the pain and the hurt and the grief that they are going through, but we align our hearts to your will at this time, and we will not let the enemy sow the seed of depression, of anger in our hearts. But at this time, we ask you to bind 
hope to the hearts of the families and friends and to our hearts as well because Christ in us is the hope of glory. And at these times, Lord, we ask for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven through the turmoil, through the calamity, through the loss. We pray that your will of redemption, reconciliation, and renewal will become real in the hearts and the minds of those who have been afflicted. We bind the enemy in Jesus' name that tries to harm our children, our families, our communities, and this nation and beyond. And we pray that your glorious will be unfolded as we continue to seek your face. So amidst the strife and struggle, we trust you. We know that you are not surprised by this, God. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to help us to live an all-in life for you and for your glory, even when we cannot see the whole picture. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Isaiah 55, verse 8, the Lord declares this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Yes, we, we don't understand what's going on, but we do trust in his sovereign will that he has a good purpose. Amen. Well, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it because it's his day, and he has given us life and breath in our lungs and energy to come to church, shovel out, and, and get to be with the family of God. And it's amazing to be together. Amen? Last week, we started uh, a, uh, a learning process of going all in through the story of Joseph. How many of you have heard of Joseph in the Bible? Joseph? How many of you like him? Another hand? Okay, great. I like him too. I like him too. He is the type of Christ. He is someone that we look to through his life and we glean and learn from him that, wow, there's a lot of ups and downs in life, yet he continues to trust. And that's the kind of faith that I want to have. That's the kind of faith that I would like us all to have. Today, I have uh, named my sermon, All In, Faith That Leans In. Everyone say, lean in. Lean in. Say to your neighbor, please, lean in. Lean in. Amen. Lean in. Lean in. Three points. First point, if you're taking notes, please do so. Lean in during the valleys. Lean in during what? The valleys. Okay. Second point, lean in through the regrets. Lean in through what? The regrets. And lean in, third point, to God's purposes. Lean into what? To God's purposes. Turn with me to your Bibles in Genesis 39. We will pick up the story in Genesis 39, in your Bibles, verse 19 to 23. Genesis 39, 19 to 23. Lean in during the valleys. Let me read for you this morning. Genesis 39, 19 to 23. When his master, this is Potiphar, heard the story his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. 
verse 20. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Amen. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. When you do something good, when you come through the finish line first, when you have come through calamity with fine colors, what is the prize that you expect? Well, we're in the season of the Olympics, so I'll make it easy for you. Let, let's say somebody came in the finish line first. What color medal do they get? Gold. What if they come in second? And third? And fourth? That kind of irks me a bit. You know, I mean, the fourth place people, they don't get a medal. But then again, that's the rules of the game, so we'll, we'll follow it for now. But you expect, if you come in first, if you do something well, you'll be rewarded for it. And last week, we, we learned about Joseph's life, and he had some ups and downs. So there's a, there's a picture that I want to share with you, and um, I am a fine artist, by the way. This is all me. This is all me. <laughs> Um, so the ups are the hills, can you see that, the hills, and the downs are the watts, the valleys, okay. So Joseph's life, we see that it started upon a, a good hill because his father loved him. What did his father give Joseph? A nice one, a nice ornamented coat. And then his brothers, what did they do? They, they sold him wanted to kill him and that's that's a low that's a low of course then he's sold but then he gets to Egypt and gets to be the manager in Potiphar's household that's okay he's a manager but then he does the right thing the wife keeps on saying come on let's sin together this is going to be good again the enemy doesn't show you the consequences of sin he only shows you the glittery shiny things at the beginning and Joseph does the right thing. What does he say? No. no. So you expect that his lifeline or his hills will go up. He's going to be rewarded for that. He needs a promotion. He needs a gold medal. I would give him a gold medal. He did the right thing. But what happens? He gets demoted, as it were, and then he goes into prison. He gets sent to prison for the thing that he did not do. And inside the prison, he... He does well. God gives him favor. And then he becomes kind of the manager inside the prison. And then he also interprets some dreams. One for the baker, one for the cupbearer. And then he asks them to remember him. What do they do? Well, one of them dies, unfortunately. The one who lived, the cupbearer, forgets him. So he's forgotten. For two years. He's forgotten. So Joseph has this ups and downs of life, but at the end, we know. What happens to Joseph? God raises him up, and he becomes the manager of a nation. Wow. That's 
pretty amazing. Where did I get this? Well, I have a slide for you so that you can, you can see it. It'll come up on, on the screen in a moment. It seems like Joseph's life had, had a lot of ups and downs. But how many of you can relate to this picture? The ups and downs. The ups and downs. Even in my own life, as I look back, as I was preparing to, to preach today, I thought about the many failures, the many valleys. And then I thought about the hills that God has been able to uh, just get me through. So the downs and the ups. Um, when I was in high school, and I'm not bragging, I'm just letting you know, in high school, I, had, I was uh, in a uh, speech competition, and they gave me second prize. That was a hill for me. But then in my own heart, I went down the valley because I wanted the first prize. In the military, in my career, I served in the Korean military, and then uh, the Lord led me to be a part of a diplomatic team to see how nations negotiate with one another, like with Korea and the U.S., with Korea and some uh, North African country. And I was able to be in those talks where diplomats, high officials talk because I was the interpreter. Through all of these things, the, the lows and highs, winning a speech competition, being in a diplomatic field, and all of these things, God has given me some things that has contributed. And I believe that he is leading me towards a tangent that is glorifying him. Now listen, you might think, okay, a speech contest, you know, being a delegation of you know, diplomacy and all of these, what has that got to do with your preaching in life? I just need you to preach well. You're my pastor, so you need to preach well. Well, think about it. If you're going to be God's mouthpiece, you need to be able to speak well, right? So God, in his mercy, gave me some training in speech. And then, you know, in a congregation our size, I need to have some wisdom in being able to deal with situations. You know, when like a couple comes into the room and um, the husband maybe is thinking one thing and the, the wife is thinking another, do I need to be in the place of kind of a diplomatic role, do you think? Do you think that helps? It will. If it hasn't helped you yet, it will. Because God has given me those things to be able to see and have a broader view. And man, I'm, I'm excited because God is doing some amazing things. What about the life of our church? Have we been through some ups and downs as a church family? Yes, ups and downs. I, I recognize those things too. Ups and downs. But what I'm excited for is God's plan. See, if you focus on the, the lows, that's going to be tough. But I am concentrating on these points. But I'm excited for this tangent. Because if I had a piece of paper big enough, I would have drawn this up to the ceiling and beyond and into infinity and beyond. You know, it goes up, up, up because God has a plan. And that's what I'm excited about. So in order for us to become an all-in Christ follower, we need to have a faith that leans in, even through the valleys. Are you going through a valley in your life? Are you going through some strife, relational difficulties? Financial, health, 
Are you going through some times of depression maybe? Maybe your medication's not working? God is encouraging us this morning to lean in through the valleys because it says in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Remember this, it's not where you find yourself that's important. It's not the places of the low points of the valleys. It's knowing about who is with you in the valleys. So let's turn to Genesis 39 just one more time. Because I want you to see the assurance of God's nearness. The assurance of God's nearness. Uh, Genesis 39. I underlined the times when God reassured Joseph through his word, okay? Let's, let's check this out together. Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with who? Okay. Verse 3. The Lord was with who? With him. And the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Verse 4. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Verse 5. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian, because of who? Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had. What about verse 21? The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. What about verse 23? Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Do you see the underlying picture that God is emphasizing to us this morning? That even in the valleys, you can lean in, you can press in, you can continue to go, because who is with you? God is with you. If God is for you, who can be against you? And he promises in his word that he will not forsake you or leave you. Maybe you have a deep, deep problem that you cannot solve. You've tried everything. You've talked to people. You've probably seen counselors or you've been to the doctors. You've talked to your best friend or your best friends. You've talked to your mentors about it. And you just cannot solve this problem. And you might feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm in this deep valley right now. Pastor Elisha, I can't tell you the, the details of it, but I'm in this valley. Let me reassure you of God's nearness to you. As we have seen through Genesis chapter 39, in all those various places, it's not about where you are, it's about who is with you. And who is with you? God, the creator of the universe. Can I explain to you about my God? He is creator with a capital C. When he speaks, it becomes. He created the world with his word. He has created the universe, and he does it so well in perfection. And yet, he loves each one of you so personally. And he loves me. I'm a child of the king. So what does that make me? I'm a prince. Call me Prince Elisha. 
I am the son of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is for me. He is my God. And I call him Father. Abba, Father. My son Leo, he doesn't own a thing. He doesn't need to. Everything I have, everything Sarah has, it's his. Think of it. Your father in heaven has given you all power and authority, his blessings. You have an inheritance. So why keep it to the side? Spend it. Love people. Bless people. Serve others. Share the good news of Jesus. Tell them that you are free. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. You know what? If we had time, I would sing that over and over and over again for two, three hours. No problem. We'll slow it down and sing it. We'll fast it up and sing it. I could do that. And it's so good. It's been such a blessing to my soul this week. I wake up singing it. I go to sleep singing it. And I'm so happy because I have the victory in Jesus. It's not me. I'm not willing it. I'm not putting my efforts into it. He's already finished it on the cross. Oh, joy. Divine. Maybe we'll have a revival service someday. And I can sing it for two hours on end. Amen? Lord, give us revival services. Amen. Uh, grant us true revival. We lean in during the valleys. Why? Because God is with you. Amen? What about in Genesis chapter 40? Okay? Let's uh, continue uh, in Genesis chapter 40. The last line uh, in Genesis chapter 40 and the first line of 41. It reads like this. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Hold on. I need to explain to you about the chief cupbearer. So the chief cupbearer is in the dungeon, in the prison with Joseph. He has a dream. And he's like, I, I don't know how to interpret this dream. And Joseph's com Joseph comes into the picture and does not the dreams belong to God? And he explains it, and it happens to the dot. Do you think you'd be very grateful if you were the cupbearer? Because Joseph interpreted the dream, and he was reinstated as the chief cupbearer. Would you be happy? Yes! Thank you, Joseph. Man, you saved my life. Man, I will never forget you, man. And then he goes, he steps out of prison, and whew, forgets him. Not for two weeks, not for two months, but for two whole years. And if I was Joseph, I'd be in a fetus position. Like, and I'm like, how can you forget me, man? I told you your dream and you reinstate. Just one word would get me out. One word to the king. And what do you do? You just forget me. Do you feel forgotten sometimes? Do you know how that feels? When it's your birthday and, and no one says happy birthday. Well, not, not for Sean because he got like three birthday cakes this week. <laughs> happy birthday, Sean. We love you. That's how much we love you, right? I mean, in our community of faith, we love one another. Amen? As Christ has loved us. But for those people who feel forgotten, 
it's a tough situation. But again, through the valleys, what do we do? We lean in on who is with us, not the situation. Amen, Debbie. That's right. We lean on God because he is with us. The second point, lean in through the regrets. How many of you have ever regretted a choice you've made in your past? Okay, so many of us. For those who didn't raise your hand, may God forgive you. Okay, (laughs) because I think we all face those things sometimes. Oh, if I had chosen this instead of this, if I had studied harder in high school, I would have gone to this and and I mean, it, it happens to us. It, it happens because we look back on our lives and we see that if we had made a different choice, this would not have happened. We could have gone up here, right? We could have gone up here. We could have gone up here. It's the woulda, coulda, shouldas, right, of life. What if Joseph, and this is Joseph being the manager in Potiphar's household, What if Joseph thought, oh man, I wish I could have just said yes to Potiphar's wife so that I wouldn't be in this situation. Do you know dungeons in those days had very harsh conditions? So let's imagine Joseph sitting in his dungeon. Oh man, I wish I could have just said yes to Potiphar's wife. I I had a good position, good pay. You know, I had hot food. So you're regretting it. You're regretting your choice. Of course, I believe Joseph didn't do that. But some of us, we tend to do that, don't we? Oh, we could have done this. Man, 10 years ago, when I had the opportunity to buy a house, instead of renting, I could have been a millionaire right now because the prices are so sky high. It's kind of crazy, by the way. You know, it's like... We regret it. But the encouragement Joseph gives us through the word is we lean in through the regrets, through them. Because what's done is done. Wow, brand new, brand new news, guys. What's done is done. It's over. Hollywood might try to sell you time machines and stuff like that. Don't buy into it. There are no such things. What's done is done. Yesterday is gone. But today is here. So what are you going to do? Are you going to keep thinking and reliving the regrets? Oh, I should have done that, could have done that, I would have done this. Or are you going to lean in through the regrets and say, you know what, I'm not going to be held captive to the regrets no more. No more. I'm not going to live in my past. How many of you want to do that? Because if you're stuck in the past, your present and your future will suffer the consequences of it. Thank you, Elisha. That was a good word. And I need to say that again. If you are stuck in the past, your present and your future will suffer the consequences of it. But God doesn't want you to suffer the consequences of being stuck in the past. And that's why he's sharing with us today. Don't be stuck. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we read this. Therefore, if anyone is in who? Christ. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. 
The old has gone. The new is here. Your old self is gone. And get excited for Easter Sunday because we're going to have a baptism celebration here. And I don't know if our water heater works. So if anyone knows how to fix that, please help me with that because I have to be in the water, okay? <laughs> help your pastor out and all the people that are being baptized. The old is gone as you're plunged into the water and you're completely immersed. It's gone. And then you have new life with Jesus. And that's why you can sing victory in Jesus with so much gusto and passion because it's him who has made you come alive from death to life. I still remember the day I was baptized. I was baptized in England and it was at a camp meeting and on a special day it was nice and bright and they had this big, big kind of dumpster. It was huge and uh, I I was reluctant to get into it because, you know, it's a dumpster, you know, it's kind of <laughs> icky. Uh, yet, I went in and uh, the pastor, you know, he, he dunked me real good because I needed it, you know. <laughs> he dunked me and I came up and man, new creation. If you don't know the experience of becoming new like that, I can't express it to you. It's so good. Brand new, clean slate. No more regrets. No more shame and guilt of the past. But a pro public proclamation that I belong to someone and he will never let me go. Oh, victory in Jesus. My Savior forever he sought me that means he he found me out he followed me even he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood and church as a family we will sing the blood of jesus we will preach and proclaim the blood of jesus as long as we have breath because without his blood i have no hope but because of him, we're able to lean in even through the regrets so that we can live an all-in life for his glory. Does anyone remember the third point I'm going to preach on? Because if you don't remember it, I'm not going to preach on it. Lean in. Amen. To God's purposes. That's right. I see Joseph's life very similar to many of our lives, the, the up and downs. Somehow, Joseph, his relationship with God was so strong, tangible, and intimate that even through the valleys and the hills, Joseph knew God had a plan for him. Do you know God's plan for you this morning? God's plan for you is that you become you, the real you. God's plan for you is that you don't live for yourselves, 
but you live for the glory of God and for the advantage of others. God's plan for you is that you become more Christ-like this year. God's plan for us is that we go all in. Total consecration. Holiness unto the Lord. That's his plan for us. So in Joseph's mind, even through the valleys, he had a knowing, a belief. And do you recognize that Joseph, his experience with this managerial gift has helped him? Why? Because he becomes a manager of a whole nation. Actually, he becomes second in line to Pharaoh. I mean, if you look at his resume, he's a slave boy. He's not even from that country. He's an immigrant. What's his education? Uh, what education? What's his experience? Well, he's, he's managed like a household. He's managed kind of like a prison organization, but that's not much of a resume. So if Pharaoh was looking for second in command, Joseph would not be the perfect person, right? Would you pick Joseph to be second in command to your country? the most powerful country of that time, he didn't fit the bill. And maybe you think you relegate yourself out of God's will because you don't fit the bill. My past is so gloomy and dark and, you know, God, you know me. I, you know what I did. You know what I'm thinking. You know what I said. God, you can't use me. No, God, I am going to remove myself from your will so that you can have somebody else do the bidding. Do the work that you have for them. And I say no. Why can I say that? I, I've got nothing to offer him. I've probably sinned more than all of you combined. And yet by his blood and his grace, I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. And I can truly sing, oh, victory in Jesus. Not because of my efforts but because of his grace and when i talk about grace i have to sing this song will you sing with me amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Where are you in your life this morning? Are you up on the hill or in the valley? Have you given up hope? Nothing really worked out? Do you feel anxious, depressed about your past, present? Are you worried about your future or even the future of your kids and grandkids? Today, God is teaching us through the life of Joseph that he has a plan. And his plans 
are way better than ours. We, we cannot outdream God. We cannot outplan him. He's, he has a plan that is perfect to the dot. And why do I know that? Because listen, in Genesis chapter 50, please turn with me. Genesis chapter 50 is the final chapter of Genesis. And we see that Joseph says something. And as you're turning there, let me explain to you one more time what's going on. He's sold, he's imprisoned, he gets forgotten. But in the hills, he's a manager of part of his household, he's a manager of a prison organization, and then he becomes a manager of a nation because that nation was going into crisis. That nation was going into a time of what? Famine. And without Joseph and God's wisdom poured upon him and without his administrative skills and leadership skills, lots of people were going to die. So God, from an early age, gives him dreams, continues to be with him through all of these things, so that God's purposes of saving many lives could be accomplished. Genesis 50, verse 20. This is Joseph speaking. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. 21. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them, the brothers who sold and wanted to kill Joseph. He, Joseph, is speaking kindly out of forgiveness, out of love. I'm encouraged with Genesis 50 verse 20. For those who are going through a tough time, for those who are struggling with the meaning of what's going on in Florida, what's going on in Burma, what's going on in Nigeria, hold on to Genesis 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for what? For good. And that's God's character. He is good. And you might say, it doesn't look good, Pastor Elisha. Seven people died in Florida. Countless people died in Burma. Nineteen people died at a fish market in Nigeria, Elisha. It doesn't look good. But we don't define good. God does. And he sees the end from the beginning. He has a plan. So what do we do? We lean in during the valleys. We lean in through the regrets of life. We lean in to God's purposes. Are you willing to lean in and go all in to what God has for you? Are you willing to go all in to what God has for this church family, for the saving of many lives? I am willing to commit everything to this cause because I believe one soul is so precious. This week I had the privilege of being interviewed. I've never done that before, you know. People interviewing me, I'm like, why, why are you doing that? But by God's grace and with his favor, because God is with us and with me, and 
the person asked me, with all the things that are going on in the world and with the tragedy that's happened, how do you make sense of it all? And I said, we live in a fallen world. God has a plan. And he can bring hope. And this is my message to you. If you're struggling with those things right now, pray this. God, bind hope to my heart. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Yes, we, we will grieve with them. Yes, we will pray for them. Yes, if we need to, we will stand up for them against injustice. But know this, God has a plan. And I believe God will plunge us into victory. Beneath the cleansing flood. Let's pray. Father God, you are mighty to save. And we recognize the evil that's going on in this world today. And we ask that you bind the schemes of the enemy in Jesus' name. And that we may become a people that will have hope in times of despair. Be the conduits of hope. Be the channels of hope. Be those who present Jesus in every situation. I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage to stand up against injustice because you are a God of justice and that we would also trust during the valleys, through the regrets, and lean into your purposes. We love you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.